care about is, and I'll use a bad analogy, but I, I thought I think I thought of a good one. Like making drugs illegal doesn't mean that people can't get drugs. So that's a bad analogy, but I'll go further and say, are you fucking telling me that if you right now even stopped the fucking manufacture of AR-15 assault rifles, that somebody would, however, how many are out there now? Three million? Yeah. You're telling me that someone can't go on the dark web. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Someone can't go on the internet yeah. and search or talk to somebody sure. that like was in the military at some point and is, and, oh yeah, Absolutely. I can get you one of those. Sure. It'll just cost you a little bit more right. and go into high school and shoot everybody. Yes. Are you fucking it kidding still me? still happened. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It can still happen. You're right. Focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. I think that's cold. I absolutely believe it. We're focusing yeah. on the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is that why do we have so many fucking, we got to think of it this way in America, no matter what, we're all rich <laughs> compared to the rest of the world. We're, we're lucky. wealthy, lucky motherfuckers. Yes. We have hot and cold water everywhere. Agreed. Everywhere. Agreed. I don't understand why we can't take care of the 7,500 homeless in this city because we... There's easily, no money in it, George Carlin. There's, there's, there's money no in the war on drugs. Money. Yeah, so there's no money in housing. <laughs> but, so for the people that can't afford houses in this city, we yes. got hot and cold water. We've got toilets. It's amazing. We could throw our tissue paper in the toilet. It's incredible. Yes. Uh, but we have so much that we're... We even devalue ourselves. You've got kids. Wah, wah, no one appreciates me in school. I'm going to go kill everybody. It's like, what is wrong with us? We, we're all so unfulfilled, and we need to take Prozac, and we need to take Robutrin, and we're sad, sad, sad. Well, talk, you, we you, know, so you know much. some of the things that are wrong with us is that, what, the media lies to us. The, 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 they're not the... You no, walked away, for the, an, you were trying to do a good thing, and you're a good person, and you were like, you know what? I'm not being of service teaching these kids because this is not an education like you walk to what like talk to talk what else is wrong with us and how do we what's the solution i don't we just have to if we could balance out the problem is the media says yes you need you need you need yes you need this so that you'll be like this right and you don't need your needs are actually very low like our needs are you know roof overhead warmth you know which kind of goes with roof food uh like after food, I mean, what else? alcohol would be do, right. but uh, but comfort and so I mean, but what what do we need really to stay alive? Not that much, and yet we're constantly bombarded with media that's like you need this. If you're not a person unless you have this, right? You need this. You get this. And keeping uh, up with the Joneses is now like keeping up with the Kardashians. It's right. Ridiculous. <laughs> your butt totally. is never gonna look like hers because she has a surgeon on call. Right. You'll right? never be thin enough, and you'll never be smart enough, and you'll never be. But you can have your own podcast. It's like. It's like B B B do do do. Be a celebrity, and now everyone. You know, I've been thinking. Celebrity. Right. When I when 10, 15 years ago, when you even I would look at it once in a while, because you know you have your like little movie star crush or whatever. So like at the checkout, oh people, or I whatever. stopped looking at Us magazine yeah. when I stopped recognizing the people. I'm like, who, who is like they? like even like it's a it's a whatever example. I kind of liked the show, and I think I don't think they're bad people on the show. They're goofballs. They're not my. I'm not. I don't relate to them, but to each his own. But like, take the Jersey Shore. It's like when you, if you, if you, that's if you cool. never seen the show, it's common. It's, it's good. It's campy. That's kind of a good one. Where the Kardashians is kind of dark, right? Because they're vacuous. The the Jersey Shore. Those are people that actually exist, and they don't seem like bad people. But we've made everybody can be a celebrity. Now I gotta be a celebrity. Now I can be a celebrity. They're, and you're like, they were doing it without irony. They were they were being <laughs> New Jersey. And you, we're looking at it going like, this is ridiculous, but they're doing it without irony. They're like, this right. is just who they are. Right. 
And I think that that's interesting. That's the same yes. thing as the Duck Dynasty. Yes. Why? Totally. I've There's never that segment seen that it, exists. It's right. Same. Right. It's that this is, these are people. Oh my God. These are people. Right. But then that also sort of helps because it gives us a sense of empathy. It Although does. I hate the idea of reality TV empathy because it it's twisted because it's not real. Right. Because there's it fuels consumer culture. Well, there's all of these cameras and they tell them yes. to do things and they take right. Extra tapes it's not right. And there's kind of a script and they put together a story and they take all this film and then they piece together the story. Calling it reality TV is Orwellian because I right. don't think for, since the first Real World was dope, the second one with Puck was kind of after that. It, they well, were because then they started being like, ugh, we can't just let these kids hang out in a house we've got to give them jobs oh shit we've got to give them something to do because otherwise they just fuck around it it was like oh how much can they get fucked up at bars and stuff i guess a lot uh so they had to give them like structure and function and but that's they it's all crafted and that's the thing is media is crafted everybody okay and here's the other thing right now with the media and but the media is different than news news Mm. used to be that when you had news stuff you had to tell both sides of the story. It used to be on TV yeah. that if you were going to give like 30 seconds to one side, you had to give 30 seconds to the other. Everything was meant to be non-biased. Now yes. everything is biased. Yes. And you know you're biased depending on which news source you choose. <laughs> I'm HuffPost. Nice. I like the Onion. Right, right. I think yeah. the Daily Show <laughs> is actual news. Totally. But, but like... Because it's showing us how ridiculous this shit is. Right, but then there's also Fox News, but they're still saying that's news. So even our news is being funneled through the idea and through the lens of someone else. Yes. There's nothing, everything is through a lens, and when you have multiple lenses, you've got refractions and rainbow things over here. It just seeks to divide us. Yes, through all these lenses, and what's the truth? When everything Mm. is bifracted lens-wise, and then you have all of these, like, light forms rushing off you've got it's like did I see something was that a hallucination was Trump getting peed on by Russian hookers did I just, was that a rainbow what was happening over there no that's a Thursday for him by the way right but that's so all of that that's is that news now that's news now thank you like Aziz Ansari's blowjob finger bang expedition was like fucking news for two weeks right and that's a that? distraction to us of course because it's titillating it's sensational and you know what I have this to say about it because I feel very strongly about it I want to go see I, I discovered the nation which is a great great news source right and it's it's ah, i just ran out of the building with the microphone again i'm back and i went to go see this guy john nichols that writes for him and he made a great statement he wrote a book called the 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 trump men of the apocalypse or something he's written a lot of books and he wrote a book on the media which i want to get and he he made a great statement he says which is prevalent in our culture which is what we've been talking about he said the media knows how to cover entertainment it doesn't know how to cover reality (laughs) and i would even take it one step further and go it doesn't want to cover reality because the reality is there's a lot of inequality in this country and if you don't educate yourself and and get a real source of news you are gonna be wondering what happened when the fucking bank foreclosed on your uh when you lost your job because of automation and your bank foreclosed and you have three kids and you have to move to a one-bedroom apartment but what they're gonna do is just blame the black people so of course even, even at the bottom so my buddy lives they in, and they mean the media, the media all of the media so almost when you go to media in my buddy lives in st louis and he sent a page to me from his news mm. and um it was all of the bad things that had happened or whatever and you look through the pictures and there's like man accused of rape blah 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 robbing there's a shot every single one of them was black there was one white guy and that's just the daily news out there so the media is even shaping racism in our country yes we're shaping race there's just all of these 
lenses that are being perpetuated by, I don't know, these Facebook gods now that they've stolen all our data and they're like, we know how to get, like they can't get Which I assume when they were going to do anyone. I, did you ever assume you were I, private when you went on the internet? No, and of course you, not. No. Well, but the whole thing is I was hoping I'd be public and I'm like, yeah, take my novel and make it public. Totally. Christ, like somebody read my fucking novel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no one listens to radio anymore. Right. They're not going to come see my comedy. Come on. Pick me up. Yeah. Make me a Kardashian. Exactly. Pam wants to be a Kardashian, you guys. I don't. I like my butt the way it is. <laughs> I don't want those implants. I don't know what they do to those girls. I have a serious, and I've been... I've been really looking into the media and and how they lie to us and we, and they're and they're sharp and they I've bought into it until I started realizing like I can actually and I think you are you are the same you're doing something productive we're talking about this stuff the FCC vote to lose on net neutrality I've been pushing people to call it media neutrality because the big part of it is is that before one entity could not own say the examiner the chronicle the the K-Ron or if that's still around but now what people don't realize the dangerous part of it is that one entity and you don't think the Murdochs are going to come in and buy every so if you turn on so if you have no source of independent news because a, a good guy is probably not going to fund it a good guy's got three kids and worried about losing his house doesn't have time to put together a fucking newspaper isn't a billionaire right winger right. can't buy all the media you can buy all the media now and how is that it's going to go to court the states are trying to fight it what a year I'm because I'm and that's well, part of my thing is it's hard I, I would say that even more than the, what that, the bottleneck that that's creating with the truth they're even doing it on a smaller level like with Facebook and that they've changed the algorithm so that unless you pay to have your things boosted you can't they put a bottleneck on on your audience so I used to do a lot of audience seeking and passing of of podcasts and what What is the point of that too? I don't I don't understand of all of the because they want they want to use it to make money and they don't want they don't want my podcast to be passed around because they can't make any money off it. They want people to they click assume, on their commercials on this. Oh, they're going to so, buy people are going to buy advertising. Wait, continue to explain because I don't, cause I don't, don't even make really any know. Adver- advertising, but for they when you're limit, on Facebook, yes. if you're going to make something visible now, yes. you used to be able to put it up and then people would see it. Right. But now they make people not see it unless you pay them. So you have to pay them $3 and then they give you access to like 8,000 people. And so what it used to be was that the people that you collected were the people that saw things, but now they're putting the kibosh That was the point that. of having friends, even some random guy that you sure. meet one night in a bar, you're like, you're like I'll be your Facebook friend because maybe you listen to my access- show. Or- exactly, right. but now they bottleneck the information unless you pay for it. I did not know that. So it's the same kind of thing with... Let's Do you know where to get a source to read that story in? I, Huffington, would, did, where did you find out? I mean, you, you would find out... How did you find out about that? About Facebook? Because it happens to me all the time. They ask me to boost my posts, and I say no. And I've noticed that we've boost had a... Okay. So I've found that we have... Um, I can look at our numbers of our... We get about... Boost th- means pay me, motherfucker? Right. Okay. So we get about 300,000 downloads a month as a station. All wow. of our shows together. That's awesome. But at... We used to get 50% of them through Facebook because of the way that I was using Facebook and tagging. I Every person I have on my show, I tag them. So then when I put the podcast out, it goes on their page sure. as well. So nice. it gets bigger and around. And people right. You can do that. It's sort of like an invite, but you're doing it with right. a podcast. So show. everybody can see it. So just right. it opens the audience to more people. Right. And and that's great. And that's how I've been using it. And I used to get... And your friends like it because they look cool. They're like, damn, right. better like, show. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the show. And yeah. I was a comedian. But so now that... 
doesn't exist. Well, it, it still does, but it's only 25%. So it cut so it in half because they want half. you to they want you to pay and three dollars of three dollars every bad time. Just three dollars every time I want to do you something. You put it out there. But I'm not going to do that. So I no. I'm not going to pay for that. That's ridiculous. Well, how much would that actually? So to get it back up and take a guess at it to get back from the 25%. If I spent 20 bucks a week, so yep. if I if I they basically want 100 bucks a month out of me. Okay. And which I, is a lot for a lot of people. Which is which a is lot. Fuck that. It's that's when what it, it used to be, to be free. Here. I just I can't imagine like that's what we. Right. Do. It costs that to have a show. Right. And to, to try to, to pay a hundred dollars to promote it, I think that's crazy. Right. So I think that you should be able to organically promote it. But that's yes. where yes. I yes. Yes. Well, and this is okay. The language we use. So just and this is because and I'm super interested in stuff like this because I feel I, like I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, you, the language you do. You are you kidding me? You're saying that Facebook. Let's just let me try to like put it in my language because I want you to continue on that. So, Facebook. Because I try to be neutral. I'm not. I am a Marxist, but I'm a progressive. But I'm not a super anti-capitalist. So I'm I'm weird like that. So sure. basically, what happened is Facebook, and I'm gonna be trying to be super fair and neutral and neutral because I'm trying to become the media. So so Facebook, you used to get 50% of um, your download traffic through. Um, Use the language in in sharing your um yeah tagging tagging, tagging your people, friends right and then just the algorithms tagging the station tagging everything yep almost like hashtagging but right. then it would spread that would get a lot of vis- visibility right so Facebook changed their paradigm you use the word algorithm yeah and they want to now charge you which you so they that cut they their new algorithm as it stands right now cut that in half yes okay but that is still a hundred and fifty thousand downloads am i right or is that half of 150 well no it's it, so it would be it used so out of our three hundred thousand, yep. 50 percent of that used right. to come from facebook 150 so, uh, so now it's down to 75 so now it's down to like 75 now let me ask you this because i'm really curious and i know you so I want to stay out of the morality of things because I I try to think like a philosopher. I happen to know this. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg. He's a <laughs> I meant Zuckerberg, and no, if he's listening, great. he'll love it. So, fifty. Thirty-three billion dollars is the amount of money just from. Um, his stock holdings that Mark Zuckerberg made last year, wow. 33 billion, just from having, just from starting Facebook and having his, having it be a publicly traded company. Now let's pretend that, and he might be running for president. He might be not. I look at, I looked at an interview with Jeff Bezos. I don't like some of the things that Jeff Bezos has done and I've criticized him, but maybe in five, maybe in three years, maybe if Zuckerberg and he probably would be better than Trump. Right? So let's say that like, he's going to take that 33 billion and run for president and fund every fucking buddy that's a progressive across the board to give the f you now i don't think he's going to do that but i look at a big picture so i think in the system we're at it's his system it's his algorithm you still were getting way more business through facebook this is how because i've been thinking about the the cambridge analytica thing and i'm like yeah just like you said i'm a writer i'm like you know how many more people saw my blog just through this free system and zuckerberg did an advantage of the freeness for sure yes and zuckerberg did at one point he keeps saying 
he wants to make it a public u- he he's been calling it for years a public utility which kind of now in this day and age is scary absolutely though like the telephone it's easy it's better than a telephone it has messaging it has pictures it has has all kinds of capabilities yes yeah now given what i just said let me go back to what this. are your thoughts yeah, mark please. zuckerberg should not be president only because he's <laughs> never he has no experience in politics i am sick of people all of a sudden becoming the president they have no experience at all oprah fucking don't run if you want to run there's a seat right now in orange county there it's you up, go start get experience why don't you correct be, why don't you be a councilwoman or dude, be a mayor of a city earn something it. just your don't money doesn't something. give you the right to mark do zuckerberg, everything yeah if i you agree be, with if you if you want to be the president of the united states mark zuckerberg right now we are voting for a mayor fucking throw your 33 billion dollars in the motherfucking ring and say i will take care of san francisco there you go take care of you what are you doing go pam yeah but you're gonna run for president you you fucking arrogant entitled (laughs) piece of dog shit just because you're the smartest guy to figure this shit out and you're making all the money you think that you just bypass everything else there's still a fucking system they have to live within that's the one but at that no but that is i will bring bring, i I like where you're going and i agree with you Right, but that's that Trump. is the system. the system. Trump's like, I create the system. I'm better than the system. I'm the system. And and that's what it used to be like that. It. And then we had a pre- we had a president. It used to be like that. And this is what the big tech companies now are going under. Some, they're getting microscope with antitrust. Do they have too much power? And one of the things that I loved, I forgot where I read it. FDR came because you had the big robber barons, the Carnegies, all this stuff, just like it was before. Then we had a progressive party that came to rise, which I see now. And one of the like, I'm just using. I don't know if it was Carnegie the steel guy one of them was like he goes what do i need the laws for i have all the money i should i make yeah. the laws something like that yeah. and yeah. and fdr got up and he said he goes good i want their vitriol They're, no those guys aren't going to vote for you he goes good i don't want them to just like a bernie said i went to go see bernie sanders speak at chrissy field with cornell west opening dave math it was the most <laughs> spiritual event i ever and i don't even agree with all his ideas yeah, but, but he's throwing he's been stuff in politics out for 45 motherfucking he, years exactly right and he look and look what he did with burlington and you know what he said he He's very just like Robert Rice. I like him too. Bernie goes, I'm not anti greed. He goes, I'm not anti rich. I'm anti greed. He wants to ta- tax Wall Street speculation. Yeah. It should be right. taxed. Absolutely. You know, if you're gonna tax the, okay. But yeah. my whole point, yes. is that we we are destroying our own democracy by electing people to the topmost of our nation who have no fucking experience at all. And he is destroying what, democracy. Fake it till you make it. Fuck you, America. Fuck you. Not fake it till you make it. You fucking Barack Obama it. You work your ass off. Yes. You become a lawyer. You study constitutional motherfucking law. You become a senator. You fucking do it. And then you become president. If, if you want... Hey, Mark Zuckerberg, I invite you to throw your hat in the ring for this June and become the mayor of San Francisco. Nice. And then if you want to run in 2020, I would stand up, and I think everyone else here would, seeing if you have the experience to not only run a company, but a city and know something about government. Know there something you go. about dealing with people. People. Otherwise, we don't know what you're going to be like, and you're like, maybe our democracy, because Facebook, and I think that's what we were talking about, Facebook's kind of iffy at this point, and that's why I try to bring in neutral, like, yes, they've done this, but they've done this. It's a very, like, and we don't, he's unproven as a politician. He has no experience in politics. It's no. like the hubris, well, the hubris of these people to think that I could just be in politics. People study this. There are people that get master's degrees, PhDs, they spend their entire lives studying history and reading books and reading, like, Rilke, and, or no, that's different. That's poetry. The meritocracy, but, <laughs> which people tell us they and the media, no, work hard, do this, and then you can't, then you can't have it both ways, which is a big problem of mine with like the far right Republicans and all that stuff. It's like, no, 
don't be a fucking hypocrite. Like, if that's your position, fine. I might agree with it. I might not. But you can't have it both ways. So you can't, you can't in the media tell us that we land of the free, home of the brave. This is a meritocracy. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Unless you're Donald Trump and you don't have to. And right. you can be insulting. And in a vote of, and we don't have you to. Can be this is to not, everybody. this is an oligarchy. And, and it is not yep. a democracy anymore. We're losing our democracy. We're going to lose our voices in the media with this three to two with some guy. Now, if you took fuck anybody from i gotta start researching like what people say in other countries about it they're fucking laughing at us yeah, and we are. deserve their laughter yeah, you know what i mean absolutely. and and i would love another country like like let's just look at the fucking exact situation that happened this is my biggest worry for this country because we see what the media does to us they fucking lie to us yeah. and so a, a jip high comes over from former verizon lawyer goes to head the FCC, all of a sudden, our net neutrality, he might have a uh, conflicting interest, so all of a That's sudden, crazy. yeah, all of a sudden, our, um, our net neutrality laws are gone, and you know what, let's be really, really fair, let's de- break it down, what, I have yet to see an argument, what was wrong with the way the current system is set up, we might critique it, but like, what was wrong with the net yeah, with, with the, the cable and all that you know what was wrong the people weren't making enough money we weren't brainwashing enough people well I feel like it should uh, Wi-Fi should be free everywhere like why do yes. we have to pay for it like why why not just make it free everywhere hey everybody there should be free Wi-Fi everywhere it's utility <laughs> And we're back. How is everybody? To get a little fresh air, step outside, look up at the moon, space out for a second, realize you had to breathe again. Okay, good. Let's keep this show rolling. We having a good time? Make some noise. Let's bring the energy back up. We're here. We forgot what we were doing for a minute, but now we're back. We're back, and the next man coming to the stage, very funny. Please make some noise for Edsel Mack. How the fuck are you guys doing? How are you doing tonight? Um, I actually have a confession, and I don't think this one's going to go over too well. I actually don't think weed should be legal. I know. Fuck all of you. I know. Shock aghast. Um, but I mean, for you guys, yes, you're good people. For my mom and dad who have chain smoked marijuana since they were 12, yes, weed should be legal. For my brothers, all three of them who've been smoking and selling weed since middle school, weed should be fucking legal, but not for my ass. (laughs) Weed should be illegal for me. Um, my mom does cute shit when she's high. She, the other day, was on the couch and goes, Edsel Mac, I want to ride a giant Galapagos land tortoise someday. I know. So I'm picturing this woman (laughs) on a tortoise with a fucking saddle, for some reason, I don't know why in my head, in a (laughs) moo-moo. And my brother, who is equally as intelligent and smoking with her, goes, why the fuck would you want to do that? Why wouldn't you just get a snapping turtle? (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
because he's just as smart. And they start arguing. It's like a boxing match at the Special Olympics. And um, I live with my aunt and help take care of her. She has special needs. She's amazing, amazing. She has Down syndrome. And she's in the kitchen watching them, making a hand sandwich. And she looks at them and goes, you're fucking retarded. <laughs> now, the reason I should not be smoking weed, <laughs> the reason that um, weed should be illegal for me is because I'm a monster when I'm high. Um, my brothers call me the one-hit wonder the Millie Vanilli, the Michelle and Degliacello, because it takes one puff of weed for me to get high, and then I do the meanest, most heinous shit. Um, <laughs> this is going over really well, I can tell. <laughs> Tough crowd, sorry. All, all these jokes about weed to a really high crowd. Um, so the other, uh, when I first uh, shit balls, I'm high too. And this is why I should not be smoking weed or in a room <laughs> of people smoking weed. So um, I used to teach in Napa um, and it was kind of conservative town and um, kind of just a little, little, little bit of a bubble. I don't know. And um, <laughs> I have another confession. I am, um, I am also gay. <laughs> she said, "Where's your, where's my gays at?" That, that was me. I was in the corner, like me, right over here, <laughs> over here. And, and it doesn't have a place to come up in the classroom, obviously. Um, but it did the other, uh, the other day, or at least I thought it did, when one of my students raised their hand, and um, I called him. I was like, "Aiden, what is it?" And he's like, "Mr. Mac, what team are you on?" Oh yeah. <laughs> I heard that, Pam. I heard that gas. I went to a dark place, people. I was thinking, what fucking Jesus freak parent set this little motherfucker up for this shit? I'm gonna fucking lock the door, start donkey punching one of these little motherfuckers at a time. Fucking take two of the Spanish-speaking mijos, hop in my scion. I'll be halfway to Mexico before the principal finds out. Use one to translate, one for collateral. And then it, it hit me. Um, each grade is broken up into teams, and the teams are named after different schools. So they were just asking which group I was in. So I go, Aiden, what team do you think I'm on? And he goes, Mr. Mack, you're a bear. Oh, yeah. Shocker. Um, for you breeders in the audience, that's what we call you. <laughs> Because you have this like lock and key thing you do. Um, amongst my people, I am a bear. Corn fed, thick, little hairy, I'm a bear. So um, he thinks he guessed it because I'm laughing so hard. And then one by one, 30 of these little sixth graders jump up and they're like, he is a bear, we guessed it. He is a bear, Mr. Max, a bear. And so, <laughs> Because I'm an asshole, <laughs> and I'm an amazing teacher, teacher of the year I'm working for. Um, I go, you know what, Aiden? I am a bear. And you know what? One weekend out of every summer, we should just get together with other bears. We should go up somewhere, like to a river. Yeah. <laughs> the <br> <laughs> um. I don't think you're psychic, but you might. 
you might be slightly, you might have a little bit of the gift. Um, so like, we should get together with just other bears. Just hang around the river, just lounge around. These little sixth graders lost their shit. Ah, yes! I was like, oh my God, and nobody but bears allowed. The other sixth grade team, the Oregon Beavers. I said, and you know what? Not one beaver allowed. Bears only. They're wet, they're smelly, and they steal all our wood. I had 36 graders marching in the class. No, beavers allowed. No, beavers allowed. Oh yeah. In my head, I'm like, oh my God, this is the funniest shit ever. And then I'm like, I'm gonna fucking lose my job. One of these little shits is gonna have a gay uncle or their uncle's gonna have a gay roommate or some shit. It's gonna be Christmas. They're gonna be talking about this shit. And because I am a gifted teacher, to cross curriculum, um, we spent the last 15 minutes doing measurements of each other for assless chaps. Yeah, rough crowd. Assless chaps is too soon. Um, go Bears. Ah, I know. Yeah. Little coincidence. I played rugby for Cal as well. Yeah. So, um, funny story and why, again, I should not get high. When I came out to my parents, I was about 23. Um, UC Berkeley playing rugby there. Good team, really good team. Um, and I'm with my mom, and she owned a, a ceramic shop in Sebastopol. And I was like, oh, fuck, I, I'm, I gotta talk to my mom first. My mom's really close with my mom and close with all my family. I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, but I don't smoke weed, and I'm the only person in the family that doesn't smoke weed. And we're sitting in the car, and I'm like, oh, shit, mom, I got, I got something really important to tell you. And she's like, what is it, Eddie? I'm like, oh, it's like it's it's big. She's like, Are you kicked out of school <laughs> again? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 mom, I'm I'm gay. And she's like, Are you fucking kidding me? <sighs> You're fucking kidding me. I had no clue. The moms are always supposed to know. <laughs> and then she goes, she goes, uh, you want to celebrate? And then um, <laughs> I, my parents were super supportive. My teammates were super supportive. Uh, my coach was super supportive. Everybody was supportive. And I was like, you know what? This is just too good to be true. I'm really missing this gay experience. Nobody's really ever talked shit to me. And like <laughs> the white male heteronormative privilege in this is 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 not lost on me. I'm like, <laughs> no one's ever talked shit. No one's ever called me a faggot. And I'm like, ah, this is bullshit. I'm missing out on some good stuff. Like my parents were so supportive. My brothers called me up right away. Like, hey faggot, ah, oh, it means something now. Like I I just want you to know I love you no matter what. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Like I'm missing out on so much. So I decided once when I was high <laughs> to tell my high school friends, you know what you should do when you get really drunk at the bar? I want you to call my parents' house up at 2 a.m. and scream, their son's a faggot. Oh yeah, it's real nice. Or, or just, you know, drive by the house. Drive by the house, 2, 3 a.m., scream out the window, Ansel Max a faggot. Oh yeah, because I'm, 
because I'm sensitive and I'm kind. And I teach third graders. <laughs> Got a big heart. And um, I was so high that I forgot I asked them to do this. And then I'm home a couple months later, and we're sitting on the couch, and shocker, they're getting high. <laughs> and I, I, I totally remember, and I was like, hey, you guys, <laughs> uh, any funny phone calls lately? <laughs> they go, oh, this is hysterical. <laughs> and they all start giving each other, like, glances, like, oh. Oh shit. And then I'm like, hey, you know, guys, any random calls around 2 a.m.? <laughs> and they're like, oh, did you tell him? Did you? Did you tell him? Then my family goes, how did you find out? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I told them, told my friends, call, talk shit. And they're like, we've been keeping it from you because we thought the taunting was just starting. I know. Uh, thank you so much. Um, short but sweet set. Um, my name is Etzel Mack, and have a great night. Keep it going for Etzel. The art teacher we all wish we had. It's amazing. Uh, I would not have pegged Etzel, but that didn't come out right. God damn it. That's, can't say anything anymore. I'd peg him, whatever. I've already had a kid. I could try something new. He would make me feel like a girl, and I like that about him. All right. Our next comedian coming to the stage has a name that sounds like the first name culturally appropriated the last name. <laughs> Give it up for Alex Papa. <laughs> Jam Papa, but still sounds like appropriation. I know what you mean now. That's the first time someone's brought that up and it's horrifyingly accurate. My goodness. Uh, how we doing? Holy shit. I can't believe that weed is this legal here. It's like this legal. Like I'm from Boston and it's like pretty legal there, but it's wicked legal here. This is crazy. My whole life I'm like legalize marijuana and then they do it. I'm like, oh my God, they did it. Oh my goodness. This is so nice. Uh, so yeah, hi there. I'm from Boston. I uh, used to sell weed. And um, what used to happen in the past when I used to sell weed is that, so I was selling it right when they decriminalized it in Boston, which meant that a lot of people were buying weed for the first time, which also meant that a lot of people were very bad at buying weed. Like this dude used to call me and he thought he still had to talk to me in code. So he'd call me up and he'd be like, hey, so I was wondering if you had any baseball cards to trade. Like, this dude was so dumb, he definitely winked on the phone. <laughs> Another thing that people didn't realize is that weed is, like, really strong now. Like, you don't need very much of it to get high if you never smoke weed. So they'd smoke a little bit and they'd get too high. And then they'd call me and they'd be like, was this waste? And it's like, dude, I didn't give you a bonus for free. <laughs> like, if you want, like, cocaine on your marijuana, you have to call me and be like, hey, so I was wondering if you had any baseball cards to trade. <laughs> That's the code you have to use. That's the thing with weed is there's no uh, breathalyzer for it. So, like, if you're too high, you have to make that call yourself. I call that hitting the ceiling. Because uh, you're too high. You got it. I had my ceiling moment last week. I was walking down the street and I forgot which arm you're supposed to swing when you're walking. I was like, oh, is it the same? Or is it the opposite arm? And then I tried to play it cool, but when you're super high, you can never play it cool. So I was just walking down the streets of Boston like. 
just being an average guy. <laughs> I just started getting medical marijuana too. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm a hero. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy because uh, medical marijuana, like I had always smoked weed for fun, so it's hard for me to take it seriously as medicine, but they take it super seriously there. Like I go and I'm talking to the dude and he's like, uh, what seems to be bothering you? And I was like, I have back pain. And he was like, is it chronic? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like they take every single aspect of it super seriously, except one thing. They never change any of the ridiculous names of the weed. So like you go in there and you sit down with a doctor and he's like, all right, Alex, what we're going to do for you here is give you something that's high in CBD. That's also going to release any sort of neural tension you're feeling. So we're going to go ahead and prescribe you the skunk bottom diesel, skunk bottom diesel for you. It's like if your doctor gave you antidepressants and it was like, and here are your no more boo boo yum yums. <laughs> I just think it's weird that drugs are medicine until you do enough of them for them to be fun and then they're drugs. <laughs> That's like the whole thing. Like, you guys ever had a cold? All right. That's about as much of a, as an applause break you're going to get at a weed show. It's like a light, like, ha, 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 agreed. Uh, yeah, like, you, ever, you guys ever get a cold and, and you take Robitussin? What, have you done Robitussin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't recommend it, but if you drink a bottle of Robitussin, it makes you trip. It's called robo-tripping. And when I was 18 years old... I drank a whole bottle of Robitussin, and I fell asleep immediately, and then woke up in a trip for my first day of school at UMass Lowell, right? And you guys aren't familiar with Lowell, of course, but this is a very, very bad area of Boston. I asked for a, what was the California equivalent you gave me? Uh, Tender, so yeah, I'm Tenderloin? Tenderloin. Tenderloin. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds shitty. Yeah, so I'm basically like at UC Tenderloin, right? And so... <laughs> And like I'm walking to class, it's like a bad area. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm dripping balls. So I'm walking to class and I get into class and I sit down and the professor starts talking to me. And I remember it just sounded like, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> and then I tried to say, excuse me back, but my friend said I just went, but it was in a bad enough area that he was just like, ah, we lost another one and moved on. <laughs> I, uh, I have a friend who's transgender. They're female to male. And he was talking to me about getting a penis. And he was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to get a penis. And immediately I reacted like he was a tourist. I was like, you got to get the penis. You got to get the penis. It's a vital part of the experience. Maybe the best part. <laughs> And he was like, no, it's not that. It's just that. So I guess when they give you a new penis, they have to take skin from another part of your body. And he was like, I just don't know if I would want like a big scar going down my arm. And I was like, well, I mean, like, you'd probably rather have a big scar than a little scar. You know what I mean? Like, is the, is the arm scar going to be the new big feet? It's like, you know what they say about a guy with a big arm scar? He's got a big dick, and it's brand new. I think it's weird now that on Facebook, 
they give you a like button, and they give you a mad button, and they give you a sad button, but there's still no doesn't give a shit button. Because I would use that a lot more. Like, I don't want to ignore the posts. I want them to know I don't give a shit about it. You know what I mean? From people who like, just accepted a big job offer. Alex Jampapa doesn't give a shit. It'd be nice. How about this one? I'm pregnant. Here's a picture of my ultrasound. Gross. Alex Jampapa doesn't give a shit. Like, here's a picture of me in my new bikini. Alex Jampapa likes this. You've got to pick your battles. That's important in life. The craziest thing I've seen on Facebook now is, uh, or Facebook related, I guess. Actually, you guys are probably hyper aware of this. Have you heard that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is going to try to run in 2020, like for president? Yeah, no, I swear to God I heard that. And I'll tell you this, man, if he gets the nomination, that dude will win the election because Mark Zuckerberg has access to everything that we have ever posted on Facebook, which means that Mark Zuckerberg has blackmail on everyone. Because what are you going to do? You're going to go on Facebook and you're going to post your political opinion because these days, that's the only way most of us can come. <laughs> and you're going to be like, I'm not voting for Zuckerberg. And then you're going to get a message from Zuckerberg, a Facebook memory coming back to haunt you. It's going to be like, on this day, eight years ago, you looked at your hot cousin's profile 87 times. <laughs> And you're going to be like, this is an invasion of my privacy. And Facebook's going to be like, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't give a shit. <laughs> the callback only works if the first joke worked and it didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? I should have just cut it. Here comes the big closer. Uh, <laughs> um... So I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, this app. I love it now, and I've been using it for years, Venmo. Uh, if you don't know Venmo, this is an app that used to pay people, uh, but when you pay people, you have to give a reason. So if it's something illegal, you have to lie. <laughs> I'm just hoping like they never go back through the Venmo transactions and call people out, because I never covered my tracks very well, especially in college when I was really wiling out. Because it's going to be like, all right, Alex, so we're just looking back at a few things here. And it says right here, that on April 23rd of 2014, at 3 a.m., you spent $80 on pizza? Yeah, it was a late night. I was really hungry. Okay. Uh, but then it says here that at 4 a.m., one hour later, you spent $80 on pizza? <laughs> Bit of a pizza head, I guess. <laughs> okay, but then it says here that at 5 a.m., you spent $80 on pizza, parentheses, LOL, cocaine. <laughs> By the way, I was wondering if you had any baseball cards to trade. Yeah, because the first one worked, so then I could use the callback this time. We're so ignorant in Boston, man, for years I thought white privilege just meant cocaine. <laughs> People would be like, you have white privilege. And I'd be like, I know, I feel so confident. It's like I could do anything. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. That's all for me. Keep it going for Alex. All the way from Boston. We made it. Are you ready for your last comic of the evening? Are you ready to lose your fucking minds? 
Oh, we're all so fucking high. All right. Please make it loud for Andy Picaro. I got it. It's our A. I cannot believe I caught that. I might have turned it off. Is it work? All right, there we go. It's working. I can't believe I caught that. I'm going to be thinking about that for the next 10 minutes. There's no way. There's no way I can think about a set when the, that's like the most athletic thing I've done. Literally 16 years old was the last time I had the hand eye to just nab something. And I've been smoking nonstop for like an hour and a half. It's been crazy. What's going on, Levi? What's up? Uh, saying hi to friends on stage. Wow, we're really stoned. And uh, can I say this? The fact that you're all still here shows a level of politeness that is really something special, especially the comics. We all know how polite we are to still be here watching each other. And so I just want to say thank you to that before I even start. And thanks to Pam for putting this together, for having us and everything. Um... I, uh, this is one of those cities where I like, we're talking about pot tonight, obviously weed themed show where, uh, sometimes, uh, I get a little upset that I'm liberal when I'm in San Francisco, it definitely happens. I can't even go to Portland cause I think I'll become an independent. I, you know, I like <laughs> afraid just from what the Portland comics have said. And I have friends that did uh, comedy in Portland for a long time. And I know that it would push me further somewhere. I don't even know which direction, probably South. I don't even know which way I would go there. But, uh, like, I just, you know, it's like just politically I don't have any real convictions. It's just tough for me because I haven't had a lot of adversity, you know what I mean? I'm willing to admit that, you know what I mean? Because every political argument I've ever had ends with me going, I don't know, maybe you're right. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you could be right. Maybe you're right. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not going to Wikipedia this, but, you know, let's quit talking about it. But I, I don't know, I, I, I like, like, seriously, like, I, well, last time I was here, a friend of mine lives over the sunset something, I don't know, outer sunset, inner sunset, something like that, and uh, there was a dude, as we're walking to a place, just taking a shit uh, on the wall, just like leaning, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's art here, but just leaning on the wall, just bleh, taking a shit, and I was totally grossed out, and she was like, oh, that happens, you know, it's our neighborhood, meaning it was his neighborhood too, and I get that to a degree, like, he's allowed to be there, but dude... Go behind a dumpster. Like, why do we got to be so nice here? Can there, can we draw some sort of line? Can we at least say, look, all right, I know you're homeless. I know that you don't have an LA fitness membership, so you got to shit somewhere. I get it. But come on, not against the wall as people are going in the building and everyone's just cool. Everyone just waves. Like, that's just Willie. That's where he shits. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the East Coast, somebody would at least be like, hey, you know what? Go behind a dumpster, dude, please. Can you go somewhere rehose anyway, for Christ's sake? I don't hate I don't hate you and I don't want you to leave or be arrested but just fucking not in front of the kids. Just diarrhea and it's always diarrhea cuz obviously they don't eat well. So you know what I mean it's not like somebody had mentioned solid stools before you never see those. I'm just saying when I'm in downtown LA and I step in something I don't just assume it's from a dog. You know what I mean? I just I just throw away those shoes. But no, I, uh, I don't know. It's weird being in LA and, and fucking stoners are still excited to meet each other. Is it like that here at all? Fucking ever see two stoners meet? Fucking freak out like it's rare. Are you kids? 2018 in California. That'd be like two white kids in Wisconsin being like, no way. You two? Holy shit. Where'd I find you at? <laughs> 
It's that's a little. My one buddy, uh, I just gave him money because you know I didn't I didn't feel like going to the weed store and he was going. I was like, pick me up something. He was like, all right. He comes back and you got to be so specific now. There's fucking brands and fucking all these different names and levels of shit. It's like becoming wine. You know what I mean? Like there's exp- there's like really expensive bullshit and then there's like the stuff. You know, it, it's it's really. I just it makes me honestly miss going to somebody I don't like's house. You know what I mean? For 15 minutes. That was easier than going. I got to sit in a lobby as a security guard looks at shit and then fucking get up. You got to go into the store. Everything's behind glass like it's the future. And, and like, like, it's just fucking, it's so complicated. It didn't make it easier. It was a little bit easier when you just knew a guy. <laughs> you know, now you're like, oh, I want to go. It's Friday afternoon. Fucking line's going to be out the door. Got away. It's like more complicated. There was never a line out the door when you knew a guy. He was always home playing video games. Now sometimes it's busy. I'm trying to think of all my pot material while I'm stoned. That doesn't work out that well, right? I can't fucking figure everything out while you're stoned. Um, I don't know. I uh, I, I I I like uh, I like pot so much that it's kind of become embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of I'm the uncle that goes outside too much at Thanksgiving. You know? <laughs> right? Anybody else here? That person that just yeah, right. Every single family gathering, you're just outside with your one hitter. It's like, don't bother Uncle Andy. He's making a call on his wooden phone. Leave him alone. He's... <laughs> don't go outside right now. You know what I mean? It go. It, there's like a point in somewhere in your early 30s where it goes from being like a kind of cute hobby to seriously, dude. You got to be high for this. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> fucking thanksgiving with family and you got to be baked out of your fucking mind did he yes i do this is the best day of the year for food i'm gonna smoke as much as i can and now that again now that i'm I'm fucking blatant with it i'm just i tell them don't let the kids come outside right now this is gonna be like i'm smoking this whole blunt to my face everybody stay inside i'm a grown man and if you don't like it i'll get a hotel and we won't even have thanksgiving together how about that and my mom gets a little sad, and I smoke the blunt. And that's how we spend Thanksgivings. <laughs> Around my house, or not my house, I, can, I do not have a place big enough to host a Thanksgiving party. I actually am in the process of moving into an apartment soon uh, with uh, three other comedians in Los Angeles. Again, I'm 32 years old. Don't, it's okay, don't clap, no. <laughs> I was just kind of, I was thinking the other day what a trip it is, the fact that, like, if I could have told 16-year-old me that 32-year-old me would be moving into a house with all comedians in Los Angeles trying to be a comedian, I would have been so excited. I would have lost my mind. But 32-year-old me is losing my mind for completely different reasons. Right now, I got Stanley Steamer going to that place to fucking correct. It's been like four generations of comedians living there. The fucking, oh, the carpets are like, oh... They're like a movie theater that's been abandoned. That's what the carpets seem like. There's like dust on. No, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get these. Car- I'm gonna get carpet squares. You can buy carpet squares and you pull. Why am I talking about this? This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. I have absolutely no material on anything to do with any of what I just said. With, with the fact that I'm moving or the carpet squares, nothing. I have nothing there for it. Weed jokes, stay on topic. Oh, I wrote a couple on my hand. Oh yeah. No, you know what's weird is like um, is is, and I don't blame them. Uh, again, this is another homeless joke. That's weird. But uh, anyway, um, 
you see them smoking weed a lot now in LA. Do you guys have that? Obviously in San Francisco, like a lot of times, if they get enough money, it used to be they go buy a bat, uh, you know, a little bit of scotch or something. Now they get a little, or you know, yeah, that's you know, heroin's a little bit of a worse one. I grew up in a really privileged area, so I, I, I never even, I've never even really seen heroin to be honest with you. But anyway, I, uh, I know I, and I'll, I'll walk through the tenderloin and I'll learn. Um, <laughs> I lose my train of thought so easy. Oh yeah, but a lot of the homeless are smoking weed now in LA, and, and it's weird. A lot of people are getting mad at them. They're like, "Why are they spending all the only money they have on fucking on, on weed?" And it's like in New York, people used to say the same shit. They'd be like, "Look at his jacket. That's a hundred and eighty dollar jacket, man. How does he have that?" It's like, dude, he's homeless. That jacket is like that's real important for him, right? You know what I mean? That's like his number one thing he needs. Why are you taking him down a notch? You know. <laughs> And then in L.A., if you're homeless, it's kind of, if you smoke a joint, it's probably a nice 20 minutes or so every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like, it's, the, the weather's decent. So the, you know, everybody, there's a lot of people watching. It's a nice way to be homeless and forget for like 25 minutes. You know what I mean? I think it's pretty shitty we're judging them. Let them smoke the weed outside. But this is a very pro-homeless fucking set. Thank you. I was a little judgmental on where they should shit, I'll admit. But I came around at the end and... and <laughs> what am I doing? I have no idea what is this. Oh. I, I read what, what, what the note was. Anybody finding themselves now that weed is super legal and you can buy the kind of weed you want, like when you want it, like if you want a sativa for... I don't know why people want sativas. I'm a fat guy. You know what I mean? I'm an indica you know, guy. <laughs> Kind of do it. I'm not. People, oh, you sativa. You go on a hike. Oh, that's what I want to do. Stoned. I want to smoke a. I want to smoke a bowl and go on a hike. That's fucking. That's always been my dream. <laughs> Fuck that. No, I want to fucking. You know. You know what you realize? I realized every time I was on the East Coast and I just got weed and I didn't know what it was and I smoked it late at night and couldn't go to bed. I was like, oh, that was just called a sativa. I just thought that was weird weed. I didn't know what was going. On. <laughs> but now I'm on the West Coast and I know. But now I find myself doing something really snotty. I don't know. Everybody in here obviously smokes weed for the most part. If you don't, I'm sorry that you had to be gassed out during this. Um, but do you find yourself asking what it is before you smoke it? Anybody do that? Do you ask what it is? Like, what is what is this? What is this? It's a little. It's so shitty. It's so shit, and I'm not blaming you because I'm talking. And I do it. We all do it. It's we used to be. Oh, thank you. <laughs> And then you take the big hit. And now we've literally gone in just a couple years to, what is this, though? What is, where did you buy it? What kind of paper? They, like, we are so judgmental about this shit. We're like old white ladies with wine. That's what we've become. we got to tone it down a little bit. I think that's the biggest laugh I'm going to get this late after in this set. Thank you guys for sticking around. Thanks for listening. I'll see you this weekend. I'm Andy Picaro. Thanks, guys. I'm not even going to touch the mic anymore. It's fucking dangerous. So drive by miking. Give it up for all of the comedians you saw tonight. Thank you so much for sticking around. This is going to be the funniest part of the night. It's where we all go outside and try to remember where we parked. It's going to be hilarious. No, uh, that's party. That's, let's welcome Pam up to the stage. Keep it going for Justin Lockfeld, yay! Amazing host, yay! No one knows weed better than him. 
as many years as he's been alive. All weed, all the time. Uh, we have a opening night party at Asiento that's right up the corner. It's, it's there's it looks like the science of the world on the, what's it, astrology, astronomy, something like that, uh, up on the corner. So um, head on up there and have a good time. Thank you guys so much for being here on the opening night. And this has been so amazing. Clap it up for yourselves. Yay! And uh, remember, all week long at um, at Asiento, you get happy hour pricing all night long if you say you're from the festival. So we can't have alcohol here, but you can always go up there and say, hey, I'm part of the festival. And you get happy hour pricing. So yay for our one of our festival sponsors. Thanks so much again to George W. Smith running the... Not George W. Smith. George W. Smith was a Christian singer from back in the day. It's George D. Smith. I'm sorry. And Jen Eros at the door and everybody at Mutiny Radio. Thank you guys so much. Yay! Get this going. 
and uh, spark up some bowls. Be excited. I am joined by LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. It's been a while. It's been a while. Where have you been? What have you been up to? I was in Kansas City. Um, you, oh boy, yeah. you went home to visit the fam. Yeah, I did. It was my uncle's 80th birthday. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, and I saw a lot of relatives who I'd seen in a long time. Good party? Good party? Yeah, it was great. And I kind of missed the Midwest. Speaking of nice people, oh. you know, of course you'll run into some, there are some Trump supporters at his party, but Ooh. it's funny, they, these white folks come to a black man's 80th birthday party and they're Trump supporters. <gasps> and it was so funny because I asked my uncle, I'm like, how can they, like, they know you're black, right? <laughs> and he's married to a white black. woman, so it's just like, well, you know. And he's just like, yeah, it's really weird, though, right? I'm like, yeah, it is. It's, but I, I but don't. I can't really believe nice they're still Trump supporters. Yeah. I can't believe they still exist. They were, they were really nice people. I did not have any political conversations with them. Nope. You should talk about porn with them, though. I know. <laughs> I know how much you love porn. <laughs> I do. And I know have. how much Trump loves <laughs> yeah. porn stars, since oh, they've all been coming God. out last week about their non-disclosure agreements you with know. his lawyer and not with him. So they really aren't breaking a conflict of interest. How can by you sleep with that. How can you? Just well, you do it for money. It's prostitution. It's great. It's you know. But at the porn time, is the only thing. Prostitution is illegal unless you film it and then you sell it. Right. And it's porn and then it's legal and you can make money off it. I don't get it. I, I mean, it just. I mean, I, it, he's ew, He's just so fucking. So, but he well. can pay for sex and he's the president and everybody's okay with it. Uh, by the way, can I say like, okay, it's Stormy Daniels. That's her name. The she's Stormy the porn star. Stormy Daniels. hundred and twenty. A hundred and twenty-eight grand is not enough for me to be paid off. That's how, grand. That's all, that's how she got paid off. Hmm. Well, that's not enough back money. In the day, you, you can't. That was, was in two thousand six. Right. But you even even for two thousand six's time, you can't even buy a house here in SF for hundred twenty-six grand. You, you can buy you can buy a house in Mexico for. You can buy a lot of things in Mexico. Speaking of, Mm. how was your trip? Well, what I learned about Mexico is that everyone hates Mexicans. Even even the Mexicans hate Mexicans. (laughs) So down there, the federales are pulling over where we stayed. We stayed at the same place that we stayed in December. And this time, the federales posted at this one area over a bridge. And they were stopping all the, get this, brown people. They're letting all the white people going through. The brown people are stopping the brown. In their own country, the brown people are stopping the brown people, pulling them out of their cars, taking, looking at their phones, taking pictures of their license plates, and then letting them go. Or getting their weed or whatever. Basically, it's incredibly hard to get weed in Mexico right now because... So everyone's oh, so worried because they're like, they're trying to keep all the Americans safe now. So the oh. federales are keeping the white people safe. So what they're doing is subjugating their own people. It is crazy. Why does everybody hate Mexicans? They are the nicest. They smile at you on the street. They wave. Everybody says hello. They cook from scratch. They're the most amazing people that are, and they don't even get access to the own beauty of their own land. What's happening oh now God. is all of these amazing, like huge building complexes are taking up all the shoreline and making it impossible to get to the beautiful beaches unless you walk through the rich people place. But you can't walk through the rich people place unless you have a room number. So Jonathan and I, we outsmarted them. So we wanted to go in Cabo San Dogshit. We wanted to, we wanted to go to this, there's this beautiful place. Yeah. So there's this beautiful place where there's the Pacific side. So there's this Cabo San Dogshit has this, it's where the, the, all, it's a, 
a marina where all of the ships come in and the huge thing is parked there, the princess thing, and all the white people come and everything's in dollars, unless you go like two blocks off of it and then you have the best tacos for nothing. It's amazing. Jonathan and I, no, we understand Mexico. He speaks Spanish. Anyways, so we're trying to find this really beautiful place that's on the Pacific Ocean and I'm looking at all of the maps and I'm like, there's no way to get through unless we go through one of these resorts. Right. So we walk up this road to this resort and we're following this lady and her kid. And um, I go, Jonathan, just follow the lady and the kid. They'll think we're with the lady and the kid. And they did. But Jonathan hears them say, when they asked for a room number, they said 6402. So Jonathan goes, our room number is 6404. So we walk in and we walk by this beautiful thing and we're trying not to have our mouths open like, it's so gorgeous, there's everything's incredible, it's so palatial. <laughs> and we're walking through and, and they, oh, welcome back, senori, senora, ah, oh, welcome back, ah, hello. We wave at them, we're walking through, blah, blah, blah. So we walk through and we walk out to where the beach is and we're like, ah, oh, this is it, the beautiful beach. And we go down these stairs and there's a guy with a clipboard. And, uh, He's like, oh, hey, you go into the beach. Great. What, what's your room number? 6404. Great. So we go down there and there's people with clipboards everywhere making sure uh, on this beach, uh, which is a public beach, but now they've made it. There's no way to get through unless you go through the rich people stuff. So they're basically keeping like the, the Mexicans out, out of their own place. It, it's crazy to me that that vacation would have made me mad. It was it was, you know, but so, so we pretended we're like, we're like, we're white. Use when your privilege. Use the privilege. So we like used the amenities and sat by the beautiful pool and nobody questioned us because we were in room 6404 and it was a seven story building. So this, I mean, 64, we're up at the top. So we're obviously rich people, but I, it was crazy. We, obviously, we couldn't afford to stay there, but we're white enough that they believe that we could potentially. Maybe our parents were paying for us. <laughs> wow. So it was different from the couple months that you were there back in December. Yeah, it was, um, well, so we stay in um, San Jose del Cabo, which is like a really great town. And then you get on the bus and it costs 250 and you can take it to Cabo San Dogshit. And it's nice because you see the arch from the bus and you get down there. But then, calling it that. It, well, it. no, because it's, it's so catered to tourists and rich people. And we picked up a real estate magazine where you can buy houses for $12 million on these hills. We're just stealing their land. It's like we don't even have enough of our own land to steal. Now we have to go to Mexico and steal their land with our rich, stupid dollars. It just It's so sad how money is corrupting. You just uh, I mean, see money corrupting things, even in other countries. It's, and, and then to have the audacity to want to build a wall. Right. <laughs> well, so and then and then degrade the Mexican folks, the poor, poor Mexican folks, and they're they are rich in spirit, and they are rich in abilities, and my God, they nobody has a better work ethic than Mexicans. They all there are no homeless people in Mexico. We, there, there are no homeless people because everybody has a motherfucking job or jobs. Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I want to wow. move there so badly, and things are really inexpensive. I mean, for now, yeah, for now. We so when we got, uh, we went to Cabo San Dog Ship, but we went off the beaten path. We were a couple, and we found this amazing taco place. And it's funny because we walk in there, and there's Mexican people eating there, and we sit down, and they're like, Mexican guys are like, you found the best tacos in Cabo San Lucas, and I was like, yeah, sure we did. We sit down. We had we had four tacos. They gave us bowls of beans and all of these salsas. We we had two beers and it was 180 pesos. That's ten dollars. <laughs> it was ten dollars for four tacos, two bowls of beans, 
four, five salsas, chips, chips two. And then I had a carne asada and a fish one, and he had two El Pastor. And two Modelo Especiales, 180 pesos. We give him 200, and he tries to give us change. We said, no, here's 20 more pesos for a tip. He's like, oh, oh, gross, thank you. We're like, yeah, what is happening here? I mean, no. crazy. To F... To SF's, uh, <laughs> to break that down on SF cash flow, right. that would be $28. Sure. Yeah, two beers. $30. The beers, the beers would have been 10 yeah. And then the tacos would have been at least, I mean, even the fish tacos at Rubio's right now are $3.99 a piece. So it would have been, we'll say $4 a taco. So yeah, 16 10 Yeah, with tip, we would have been looking at 28 Oh, Same wow. meal. I was just throwing a number out there, but... No, no, you were exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, you're exactly right. Oh, see, that was another thing, too. Like, going back to Kansas City, things were cheap. Ah, yeah. yeah. Like, I... We had like a nice brunch. I took my aunt and my brother out to brunch. Yeah. Brunch. And it was like an open buffet with like, you know, the guy made omelets right on the spot and oh, shit. Yeah. And like there's seafood, Midwest seafood, huh? Oh my gosh. Was it, was it, it, was, dip- it was good. It okay. Was, it was all right. There's shrimps. There's shrimps. I stuck with the trout though, because oh, right. more local. Sure. Um, but so and we drank a bunch of mimosas everything for all the stuff that we had everything was $150 for three of us and a bunch of mimosas yeah because I had like six right (laughs) my mother had four and then my aunt had two and then plus you know our entree so 150 bucks which you know here that have been probably 200 yeah absolutely 250 bucks oh god this place yeah coming back was um Difficult. So when we before we left, we're in the airport and we're like, all right, we're on vacation. Let's have a beer. We got two beers at the airport without tip. And Jonathan didn't tip because it was so insane. It was twenty four dollars and ten cents for two beers at the airport. And here at SF at SFO. I know it was it was like Warriors beers. What? I know it's like Warriors beers. It's like what? Oco. It's like that was like 49ers beers. That was like I know. And $24 and 10 cents. That means that they were $12 and 5 cents a piece. Ah. I know. I know. I know. Wait, what Crazy. part were you guys at by we the were, way? We were just, just in I... SFO with the waiting Virgin America. Okay, oh, okay. I know where oh, you guys. Were you guys at Perry's or um, We went this? to the Laura it was um it, she's a person from food, Cat Cora's Grill or something. But oh, it was like, I walked we're by there. there and I'm like, we just thought, oh, we'll get, we're like, oh, they have Lagunitas. We'll get two Lagunitas before we go. We had, no, we were thinking maybe they'd be like nine bucks a piece. Right. So like 19 bucks, we thought 20 we'd bucks. give them a 20. We're like, ah, eh, we'll give them a 20 for two beers. We'll be fine. We're yeah. on vacation. But then it was $24 and 10 cents. I was like, oh, my God. And it's you, just the fuck. And the airport shit is bad. Oh, coming back. See, um, we, Marcus and I, we were hungry and we didn't have any food at the house. So we stopped by the cafe. There's this uh, cafe um, in the, uh, the uh, Qantas side of the airport. And so like Marcus got an Americano. I didn't get anything to drink. I got a salad and like a spinach pie. He got a spinach pie. $30. Whoa. And I saw how much my salad was, $13.99. It was just in one of those plastic containers. I'm like, motherfucker. And and I had to throw the spinach pie away because it was bad. Why does the airport have a a tax on it? Who is taxing the airport? Is it... 
a governmental tax? Is it just they know that we're I've never they looked have it up. us trapped? Is it because is it help does it help pay for the security? Because we have to be inside security when we're there? I just That's don't understand question. where the money's going. Yeah, I, I never looked it up. I've never, you know, I, I've always known. Yeah, why it costs $9 to get on BART to get to the airport. There's like a $4 airport tax. It is pricey to get to BART from the airport. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anytime you're traveling anywhere, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's insane. But I do have a habit of like, if I'm going to fly someplace, because I do like SFO's airport. It's nice. I do want to sit and have a Bloody Mary, That's which true. I know I'm going to pay 12 or $15. $15 for you. <laughs> I know. And I swallow I know. my pride. I know. And I you don't have another one. You could buy a bottle of vodka for $15. You could buy the Bloody Mary mix and the vodka. Yeah. It's, and maybe some olives. Yeah. I can't. Uh, I have no idea what's happening in this the world. This town. <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, the question, is it life is life getting that expensive? It just is. It's, it's, it just is. It is. And then the wages are still stagnant. Mm. And if you have health insurance, that's going up. And, you know, oh. you can't get it nice. You can't drink two beers for under 10 bucks. Though I did. Though I did in Kansas City. Oh, Five dollars. Well, but alcohol is cheap in the Midwest. Yeah. I've heard Because that. all you got to do is drink. That's all. Yeah. Because how else? I know. How else can we be happy as people? I don't have any idea. I had some so good ass beer for five dollars. Like I had three. That's fifteen dollars. Yeah. Under well, that was like so. We spent all our pesos sitting at the out the beautiful outdoor bar and. Um, San Jose del Cabo and we were waiting we got there we took the bus we got there we were waiting and we knew he had time to wait or whatever and so we just were like well we'll just drink up our pesos and so we had about 20 bucks in pesos left and we had five beers and that's I feel like that's great and that that's expensive for Mexico because it was like 110 pesos for 20 tacates so 110 pesos is about 650 so when you go to like a corner store so we were getting uh, 12 Indios, which are a good brown Mexican beer, El Indio. Love it. Uh, it was 145 for 12, so still less than $10 for 12 beers. It was like eight I'm, bucks, seven fifty, seven seven eight bucks. You know, I've never been to Mexico. I don't know what the fuck I'm waiting on. Yeah. Oh, go. It's like, great. So I can like spend some money and have a good time. Yeah. And if you're, if people, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to go to Mexico, let me tell you, people. I, Jonathan and I spent, and I'm not even kidding you, all told, with even the snafu at the end, his phone wasn't working. When we came back, so we didn't get to pay, have a lift, so we had to take a, a cab, so we had to pay extra money there, but. With the cab, with everything, both with even including the $24 beers at the top of our trip, we spent $1,395. Which is? $1,395. Which counts. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's it. it. For seven days, seven days for airfare, staying in the most amazing Airbnb, all of our food, all of our fun times, all of our bus rides, everything. Everything. And we, we we had want for nothing the whole time. We drank whenever we wanted to drink. We went out to bars. I sang karaoke. We did we did everything we wanted to do, and we spent less than fourteen hundred dollars. And did you? The seven hundred dollars was so seven hundred dollars. So a hundred dollars a day per person, including everything. That's what we did. And did you like guys get groceries and cook in the home? Yes. So, so the Airbnb that we stay at. 
is amazing and it has this really big kitchen and it overlooks the ocean and it's super oh. gorgeous and I love cooking anyway so the first day we got there we went to El- La Comer which is this big grocery store and we spent 1,095 pesos which is basically like 65 bucks oh, and nice. we had we actually left them some food uh, we went back for more fruit because we we had a smoothie every morning that would have all the different local fruits and uh, we had one with there was a kiwi avocado one I made that was Ooh, it's yeah. like it was kiwi avocado pineapple that, <laughs> that was a great really smoothie uh, with uh, I think mango uh, yogurt anyways we're making smoothies every morning so like I'd wake up and I'd go in the kitchen and I'd make the smoothies and we'd make a big pot of coffee and we bought a big thing of whiskey that too we had a big bottle of whiskey and stuff. so whiskey in our coffee every morning <laughs> and we had smoothies. smoothies and then if we were hungry in a little bit I'd be like oh do we want like steak and eggs this was the craziest thing in Mexico that's so cheap beef I don't know why beef is cheap in Mexico. And it tastes so good. We got two uh, New York strip steaks, and they were big, for 44 pesos. Okay, let me do the math for people. That's like $2.50. For two, and they were so good. They were so good. And I used them in all different ways, and I made one of them. I mean, I was crazy. Mexico is an amazing place. It was like... Yeah, it's it was crazy. Did you check out other than like the you know the twelve million dollar homes? Did you see how much a modest home like if you were yeah. to decide to move there? Did you see we could buy land? So the way to do it, and we saw some different plots. Um, and the closer you are to the beach, obviously the more expensive the plots are. But we saw plots ranging from five thousand to thirty-six thousand. Now the thing is, when you buy land in Mexico, you don't actually buy it forever. You get a ninety-nine year lease from the government of Mexico, and it's it's sort of one of the one of the only socialist things they do. And it makes sense, is that if you buy the land, you're going to use it in your lifetime, and you can pass that to your kids. But if it's your grandkids, where's that land going to go? to the fucking government or they can buy it again like I don't know what's happening I don't know if any of those leases have been up since they've started doing that because it was 99 year lease but like it's, it's a, right like if you buy the land if you give it to your grandkids they didn't do anything for that fuck them like don't and if they don't make if they haven't already made it if you don't have enough money for them to rebuy it rebuy the fucking land you know like no. right get a job it's a little bit of socialism it's like this whole like your parents were rich, so you're rich. I think that that's one of the things that fucks up Americans is that the people that are born on third base go, well, I deserve it. It's mine, and I deserve it, and I'm entitled because that's my parents did that. It's like, I don't know. I just think that if it was more every man, because I'm like, you know, the every man. I'm like every man for himself kind of thing in socialism. It, it breaks down the field because it makes it so that it takes out what we have with this Trump problem or with, with the 1%. It, it it just abolishes the 1% because when, when you're born on third base and home plate and when you go to, let's say you did go to, your parents are rich and you went to Stanford and you get out, then your parents have connections that they give you or they can buy, you can buy your way into things because you have money. You know, it's like, the and struggle then you say, is not real. The struggle you. is not real. So you're already in. You're already in. You're already in. You're, you're good. But then we, we laud that. We appreciate that with all of our media and the idea of a princess or that you're going to marry somebody rich or if we could just wipe just a little more socialism. Now, we don't need to go hardcore Marxism right away, but if we could just, you know, put the cap, 
You don't need to make more than a million dollars a year. Who needs the $12 million homes? I should have brought the book home for you. It is insane. The homes that people are building on these these fortresses on the mountains of Mexico that overlook all the beautiful oceans and ridiculous cement and all the cement and they're and the thing is, if a hurricane happens, is everything going to be destroyed? And then is that because yeah. they can afford the insurance and they, they get their money back anyway? It's like... But still, I mean, like, <clears throat> that's another thing to think about. I like that theory, the fact of, like, you know, building a $12 million home, knowing God In a hurricane where, zone! Yeah, Florida. There was a hurricane four years ago that knocked everything out. We talked to Adrian, the guy who runs the Airbnb. He's like their person who lives there, and he's a badass fucking shout out. He got deported from here. He can never come back to the United States. What? He was, he was, he's from Gilroy. He wasn't born here, but his brother was. So half his family is here in Gilroy, and he can't ever go back. He can never see his family in the United States again because he's been deported. And he had this five-year thing, but they didn't tell him about it, where he's supposed to apply for something, but he didn't because he didn't know about it. And now he can never go back. Fucking trickery-ass he, How long ago was this? Th- very recently. He, oh. Like nine years. Like 30, he lives 37 years in Gilroy. 37 years. And the majority of his family lives there. And he can't go back. So he told us four years ago there was a hurricane. And it was so bad. The power was out for a month. Oh, shit. A month. A m- there was no electricity. No, wa- no water. It sounds like Puerto Rico right now. For a month. Imagine, imagine here in San Francisco if there was no electricity for a week. The white people go crazy. It would be chaos. People would be running in the streets. They'd be tearing their hair out. People would be shooting everybody with guns. People would be peeing on each other. I can't use my phone. Throwing dogs out the window. I can't use my phone. Can't. There would be, it would be, it would be, there would be, they'd be kicking dogs off bridges. It would be, it would be, it would be nuts. It'd be, but he said the first three days, the, there was no government. The government shut down. So they were told by the government and the police to loot all the stores because they needed water. They, so the, Mexico basically told them, loot all the stores, but only take the food and the water. And people are, of course, they're taking everything. But, yeah, right, but so right. he said that the first three days, because there was no refrigeration, he got all this meat and a lot of canned stuff and all this water. But the first three days, all he ate was meat because he knew it was going to go bad. And after three days, that was it. And so then he was like eating canned stuff and fruit and trying his best. And But I mean, if you were going to make rice, you had to boil water. So you had to build a fire so it, you could get charcoal. And you, I mean, a month. A motherfucking month. I think I'd be okay. But I think the rest, the majority of San Francisco would fall into chaos. Um, I think the whole city of San Francisco would go to chaos. Yeah. Nuts. I mean, mm-mm. mm-mm. People, this is tech country. We need, ele- they need electricity. Well, we're all tech and we're so reliant on our tech. It's, mm. uh, it's... I hear that's my oh, phone. okay. I was like, <laughs> such a cool song. When did that into co- get into Cope? <laughs> Everybody's uh, young Americans. Called. Well, I miss David Bowie too. I, Let's take this moment to remember David Bowie. I miss him. Of course. Oh, and Prince. Well, and Prince, and you, they escaped. They escaped the horrors of of the, yeah of now. What, what is now? Well, I'm having existential crisis because I feel like. What has meaning anymore? Like, I was in Mexico for a week, and I didn't think about anything. We lived, I mean, we're frugal, but like I said, we were, we had want for nothing, and it was amazing, and it was just, anyway. But I was like, 
what is like my purpose? And I got all existential and I don't know if it was because I watched so much Rick and Morty or <laughs> if like, I just, I, it was, it was like, oh, I used to have a purpose and that now that purpose didn't feel fulfilled. And now I'm like, oh, I need a new purpose. Yeah. I just don't know how to, I, I'm on a search for meaning. Ditto. Yeah. I, I don't know where to go from here. I, I feel the same way. I feel like it has what I've, what I've done obviously has to have had some meaning because it's meaning because it's led me to this place. Right. But I feel like everything I have done hasn't accomplished the goal of a my happiness or b monetary or b society's vision of what success is. <laughs> so I don't know where to go from here, and I kind of feel like I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to not. I want to stop trying. I want to think a lot less. Maybe this is maybe the time less. to travel. Right, this might be a really good time. To this travel. might be the time to travel. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God damn it! Yeah. Damn no, it, you get, get you get. We'll think about we'll think about Bowie again. In fact, what we'll do is we'll look for uh, hot, dirty pee, and the we're gonna we're gonna listen to one of the old songs and see. Uh, well, I mean, the, God, I, I love the Trump one, but the, I mean, there were there were a lot of them. We'll see if I can find them in there's a that there's was from a 2017 too yeah well we we were trying to figure out what i mean and and i think they still hold up it'll be fun to if i oh, can absolutely. find them to see we should come where, with some new ones yeah well i, I mean we got to do one for the nra that's a good oh one. my god the nra um steve mnuchin the guy that you know uh he's this uh secretary of uh horseshit Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what's going on anymore because I can't Good. even pay attention because it's too it's stressful and confusing and it's fucking stressful. Hasn't he already done enough illegal things? Like, can't we just impeach him already? The whole thing with the guns, the children being shot in Maryland and the yes, child the three, being shot. Yes. The child, the child shot two people and then the child was shot by the guy that had the gun. Gun. Because yeah. now I guess they get to have guns. If I had kids, which obviously I'm not going to, I would homeschool them. I would never let them go well, to a you school. You heard about, oh, you. this happened while you were gone. Yeah, so, the Maryland thing. No, that happened yesterday. And then while you were gone, there was a teacher in um, outside Monterey here um, who, he was a ex-police officer and he was trained and he was teaching a, a, a class, a, a shooting class or whatever. Oh, the guy shot himself in the foot. No, this is a guy that shot up in the ceiling and the bullet fragments hit... Uh, hit a child! Street. Yeah, in the neck. What? Bullet fragments, yeah. So just try to imagine... You were trying to teach gun safety in a class and they hurt a child. <laughs> the irony is very funny. Yeah. And by the way, he sad. was trained. He was pol- ex-police officer. So. Fully trained. Well, it's the same. We, we saw the video of the guy who was trying to teach kids that guns weren't safe. Yes. And he had a gun. And then he said, see, it's empty. And he shot it. And then he put it down. And there actually was a bullet in it. And he shot himself in the foot. <laughs> and But then he's trying to play it off like he's okay. But he shot himself in the foot. And the teacher goes up to him and goes, oh, Jesus. Because he shot himself, himself in, in the, the foot. foot. And he's like, I'm the only one that's trained and perfect. And it goes off. And I was like, why? <laughs> it's just, okay. So in oh. Mexico, the guy uh, who was taking care of Adrian, the lovely fellow, the amazing human being, 
uh, he's explaining, he's asking us actually, he's like, why are kids shooting up schools? He's like, this is not a thing that happens here. This would never, why is this not just a phenomenon? Cause that would mean that it happened once, but that it is now becoming, it's a thing. It's, it's a like, constant thing. It's a thing. It's like, um, it's like you could stereotype. It's a trend. It's a trend, and it's something. It's, could, not, it's not a good you, one. No, it's terrible. But and we can look at how we looked at the, we we looked at all the shootings. We can see how they're more and more and more. It's they're happening in the time period is almost like every single time it happens, it halves the time period. Like the half life of it is, it keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, absolutely. Shootings. It's not just a year. Like it used to be. Like here's remember our it was just shoot- Columbine. Yeah, exactly. It was just Columbine. <laughs> it was just Columbine. And then there was a little bit. But you know what it was? After uh, the Bush administration lifted up the uh, assault rifles ban, that's when sh- shit went crazy. So then that was Virginia Tech and... We went through that whole. We went video, through the whole list. video, yeah, and some we forgot. Some we that's forgot. How many that's how terrible it's it been is. since. Yeah. Like we can even go. We're, we don't have to go as far back as we did in the 1940s. Right, right, right. But if we go from Columbine, which is 99, to now, holy shit! Right. There's exponential like, growth. It, exponential yeah, growth. It's, it's like it, it's like a curve that starts to go up, and now it's just shooting up, and it seems like it just becomes. It's like a Superman ride. And then you know, I. The fact of the matter is just like, why does it happen all the time? I'll tell you why. Because fucking Republicans so and Congress. This is so. And, and the NRA terrorist group. So there are multiple factors. So this was us trying. This was Jonathan and I tried to explain, in our words, why. So I'll do it from myself. This is why I think that children in America are shooting up their schools. It starts. Uh, there's it's it's a it's a two-pronged approach it's one parents are uh, lazy and are not parenting their children anymore and they're using media to help parent their children Ah, so I agree with that so there's a there's a two-pronged approach where these two things are coming together and parents can really pay attention to their children it's the joke I have where what's the difference between a nanny and a mommy at the park what? There's no difference. Everyone's on their cell phone. No one's paying That's attention to the children. Oh and the children could be dead right now. Jesus Nobody cares. Christ. Everyone's on their cell phone. That's Even the true. dogs have cell phones. Damn. Even the children have cell phones. Even the children are like, I don't want to go to the park. I just want to look at this thing on a screen. Okay. So we've got... And that's now, but those are the two things that are melding together. But then we've also got parents telling their children that they're perfect, special little angels, even when they're piles of dog shit. When they act horribly, instead of giving them the stink eye or when they scream on the bus, instead of taking them off the bus and saying, that is not the way you act in public. Mm -hmm. They just ignore it and keep looking at their phone. So... They're not engaging in the child. They're not engaging in the child. But then when they do engage in the child, they say, you're perfect. You're special. You're amazing. You're a snowflake. And they've got that coming from media too. Anything you want, you can believe, you can achieve, you can do it. Everyone gets a participation trophy. Everything's great. So from this external thing of both parenting and the lack of and media and the pervasiveness of that, you're being told you're special, you're wonderful, you're unique. And then you get in school and you get with real kids and you realize that humans are horrible. Kids are fucking brutal. Kids are brutal. They are brutal. I do not want to go back to my childhood. If you smell funny, if you look funny, if you don't even do anything wrong, if you're too skinny, if you're too fat, if you're too tall, if you're too tall, if you're too short, if you're anything, if you're not invisible then you're and people they will pick on you because they get together with group mentality because they don't understand 
social relations because they're being taught by screens, which are not teaching them anything, and they're being they're not being actually disciplined or there's nothing. Everything they want, they get. <laughs> they get it. I want to get. You're in the you're in the store. I want a candy bar. I was in the aisle and there was a girl screaming about. I'm like, what the fuck? Don't. You get no candy. When you scream in the motherfucking store, you get nothing. You don't get rewarded for negative behavior. Fuck you. And there's like four adults and they're all just like catering this to this child. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. So there's all that happening. But then they get in school. They get in school and then they realize that people are horrible people. And they get angry and they don't understand. And they're like, fuck it. And they just want to kill everybody. So, and... Guns are easy and they're available and they've been watching all this media and what's been on the media. That kid was disenfranchised and he went and shot up the school and people are like, I get it. So we're, we're responsible for making this happen. I, I wish the electricity would go out so we could not have, we shouldn't let children consume. We shouldn't let anyone consume that much media as much as we do. But now I'm, told that I'm crazy because I don't consume media. So it's like, and you people say, well, I, nothing will work unless well, you start here's, consuming media. Well, here's here's what happens uh, when you consume media and you use Facebook as your personal fucking diary every day. You know what happened with the whole Facebook thing. Now it's oh. nothing. Now it's going, everyone's moving away from Facebook. Well, yeah, you know, because they sold um, uh, some our uh, data to uh, the people, to the Russians that helped with the election. Look that shit up. They sold our Facebook data to Russians? Or That's to, hilarious. Or, or to uh, it was to this group in the UK that worked, I think, along with the Russians. I could be wrong. I think I might be saying the story wrong, but basically... We're just um, putting it in Facebook Russia and we're seeing what comes out. Oh, lots of something. Facebook exit hints at dissent on handling Russian trolls. What does that even mean? Facebook exit hints at dissent on handling of Russian trolls, meaning the way the Russian trolls were handled, they dissented that there, there's a little, ooh, this is very confusing. That's like a double negative in its own thing. Look up uh, Cambridge Analytical Scandals Explained, Facebook, Trump, Russia, WikiLeaks. This is from Vox. Vox or Vox? Vox, oh, V-O-X, meaning Latin for voice. Cambridge Analytica and its many scandals explained. That's... The firm has close ties to Steve Bannon. Steve, 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 Steve Bannon, man. Steve, Steve, Steve Bannon. Oh, man. We have that song. We play that. Worked for the Trump campaign and is now in some hot water. Because... Facebook sold our data for millions of like I think uh, yeah millions of dollars and I think it was other 50 million users to help swing the election because since Facebook knows who you are they know what you like they they know know your political you know they know that I'm a communist good yeah they're gonna find me Cambridge Cambridge Analytica a political consulting firm that did digital work for Donald Trump's presidential campaign in 2016 has close ties to Steve Bannon and GOP mega donor Robert Mercer is in hot water after several recent reports have raised ethical and potentially legal questions about its business practices the New York Times and Observer reported last week that Cambridge 
obtained private Facebook data, specifically information on tens of millions of Facebook profiles from an outside researcher who provided it to them in violation of his own agreement with Facebook. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Channel 4 News in the UK has posted video in which Cambridge CEO Alexander Nix said his firm conducts dirty tricks such as trying to tape its candidates' opponents accepting purported bribes or sending some girls around the opposing candidate's house. As as a result of these reports, Cambridge announced Tuesday afternoon it would suspend Nick's pending an investigation. Even before all this, though, Cambridge was under scrutiny in special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, both because Nix contacted Julian Assange of WikiLeaks that summer to discuss hacked Democratic emails and because of a broader question about whether Trump's digital operation collaborated with Russia in some way. And while all this has been going on, there's also been a heated debate in the political world about just what in the world Cambridge Analytica even does and whether it's useful. Are they an ingenious, sinister operation that harnessed big data to power Donald Trump to victory? Or are they, as many who've worked with them claim, sort of a joke or something in between? Before there was Cambridge Analytica, there was Strategic Communications Laboratories Group, SLC Group for short, founded in 93 by a British ad man named Nigel Oakes. It is basically a messaging and PR firm that's done work for governments, politicians, and militaries around the world. Its clients included governments and politicians in Indonesia, Thailand, Kenya, the UK, and elsewhere. Uh, psychographic profiling. Here we go. SLC tends to describe its capabilities in grandiose and somewhat unsettling language. The company has touted its expertise at psychological warfare and influence operations. Mm -hmm. It's long claimed that its sophisticated understanding of human psychology helps its targets and and persuades people of its clients' preferred message. Lately, its preferred buzzwords have focused on big data and psychographic profiling. (laughs) Yet articles from the Wall Street Journal Independent on SLC's work circa 99 and 2000 describes what sound like relatively standard political messaging and PR work for the Thai and Indonesian regimes, along with a penchant for secrecy and ethically questionable activities. Uh, placing TV, it's blah, 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 blah. But, but I want to hear about Russia. Uh, GOP, here we go. We got some GOP stuff. Uh, the Mercers agreed to provide $15 million for this project to do so. This project was called Ocean. Openness, consciousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. <laughs> you can take the test here. Um, so they're they're basically trying to take, what, to give our, us the right media. They're, they're taking are they taking our da- data from um, like our uh, profiles on Facebook or what have you, and it's being sold. So they're using a lot of psychological strategy to like some of the stuff, the pop-ups that you would see on your Facebook yeah. that, that were political or stories, they would use those as a target to swing your vote or, you know, to basically, you know, post a fake story about... <sighs> right, right, because my, they're doing yeah. fake news. Gotcha. Right. right, 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 right. So they know which fake news stories. Now that makes more sense. Yeah. But the thing is, we've made our people dumb. Like this has all been a plan. This has been a plan since No Child Left Behind, since Bush, which is to make our people so dumb and so... When you let your guard down, yeah, exactly. That's Our reliance upon media to tell us who we are and what we do and that how we consume. This is just so sad. We are, all we are, our number, we are just, it's all about money. We are nothing. How are we supposed to live our lives when everything is nothing? Like how can we create meaning when there's 
there's this when there's fucking stupidity it's all just over crazy <laughs> and the thing is just like you know people you know people trust listen i i like social media i love it it's fun i'm not on it every day because i like the real world more mm. and but people trust you know people post things on facebook when they shouldn't be mm. people use it as their personal diaries stupid ass criminals post their crimes up there and then get caught anyway that's funny i mean it is funny that's very funny when i watch judge mathis most of the cases are because of something slanderous on facebook or what wow. have you people, i mean really there's a good way social media is not your personal diary to put all your shit up there because it's for everyone and then also too and this is going further to like with myspace which i had back in the day you can't put everything out there for because it'll be held against you and i've always felt the government will use whatever you put out there to hold against you or and look what happened now i mean your, your data is getting sold i know but nobody wants my data <laughs> no, my data no. says well, nothing. Data, you can't swing. They can't swing me. Like they can't. Your data special. Yeah. No, I does. I don't. I'm. It's, I'm not special. I just. It's because I. I know how to read. And I, have, like, I have this thing called critical thought. Like I can read things and analyze whether I think that they're, you know, good or. But not this is like one of the or, tactics like a lot of the trolls have used to. The trolls. The trolls. No, and the and, trolls. You know what? The trolls came out because when we started doing. When I I started talking a little bit about like the 9-11 conspiracy and, um, and or it's not a conspiracy. When I started posting stuff about that, there were people that came out that were like, I'm like, I think they're paid yeah. by the other side to find this stuff and then there to is, comment on it yeah. and to make it bigger and, and people make you feel bad about yourself. They say the worst There's things. things the, they say you're stupid I, and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just saying that from the evidence that I've seen and from the knowledge that I've compiled it really seems like it was a controlled detonation which means that somebody did it and and I'd and I'd like someday to find out who the responsible party was and whether it was the guy the Jewish guy who bought the building doesn't matter that he's Jewish but the rich man who bought the building and knew that it needed to be retrofitted for asbestos on from floors 64 up you know or you know there was they'd used asbestos in half the building and they knew they had to get it out and it would cost so much you know so all that stuff and that, that he got the payout, he got the insurance payout that doubled because they said it was, he said it was two buildings and he fought for that. And it was actually three buildings. Why, and then why would that, why would the building fall apart way far away that had all the paperwork that would have all the, I mean, there was so much information that blew up because now everything's digital, but all that information was from before everything was digital, before everything was in the cloud. So it was real. They blew up a building of hard evidence, basically. They blew up. I'm curious to know what the trolls said. Okay. Oh, the trolls said on my stuff. Yeah. What, like, what did they say? Like, oh, uh, about, oh, they just said I was stupid, stupid, stupid. Dumb, yeah. dumb, 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 dumb. The, the, it's I, easy to find them now. Here's real proof. This is real proof. Blah, 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 blah. Isn't it easy to, like, find out that you're a troll? Like, because I, I would get into it with people. Like, uh, I remember I got into, into it with some, like, during the Michael Brown thing. And I'm just mm. like... 
it was really heated but now i'm like uh, when i post things on youtube or you know add a comment i always i always know who's trolling because it's always the ones that don't know how to spell uh-huh um can only say like this is this is fake news you're an asshole and i'm right, like right, is right, that right. all you got or can they, you- they say like you're the dumbest person ever yeah and i'm just like give me something can you can you throw something a little bit with logic that it's so funny they he god i hate i can't even see him on the side of things this is as russian connection the emergence of krogan st petersburg connection comes as relations between moscow and the west plumb to new lows Kogan, a U.S. citizen, uh, born in the... Oh, it's... You know, this is funny. It's not actually... It doesn't want to let me read this thing. It keeps popping up. It, it's like, they really don't want you to uh, know Be what's informed. going on. <laughs> Facebook and UK political consultant, they sued in data storm. Okay, so basically, the shit's hitting the fan because... But that's... So what's going to happen out of all this? That's That's the question, right? That's, so does we don't have happen? any we don't have the responsible adults in the room right now. So we'll just let all the dictators and all the assholes have their fun day. And and push the red button when um it was Trump said something about he's he uh, the the death penalty and drug oh, cases. Oh yes, yeah. I'm During like Duterte. Duterte. Yeah. yeah. And he supports that guy. He even said he, like I support homie. that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. He likes dictators. And I'm just like, so you, that, does that mean that you're going to kill all the doctors and people at the pharmaceutical right, company? Right. Because I think <laughs> I found I found that statement really funny because I was think I was thinking this nigga thinks that this is some homeboy on the corner selling some smack when it's actually no, it's Dr. Bryce Watkins. So here, Trump wants the death penalty for drug traffickers. He's got it. This is very sad. This is from NBC News. This is like, Trump wants the death penalty for drug traffickers. He's got it. Capital punishment is authorized against those who run a continuing criminal enterprise involving large quantities of drugs or that brings in $20 million over a one-year period. The death penalty for $20 million. He's... It's not going to, it's not going to happen. Legal analysis. Tr- Donald, President Donald Trump said Monday that one way his administration will combat the opioid crisis is by increasing criminal penalties, including seeking the death penalty for drug traffickers. You know, okay, so here's the thing though <laughs> that I heard about. Um, we were talking to some Canadian who's lived in Mexico forever at a bar. And he was saying that the way that the cartels work in Mexico is they won't, like they send... They basically send girls and young people up to the United States with tons of drugs on them. And they say, if you don't take these, we're going to kill your mom, your dad, your brother, your entire family. If you don't take these drugs across the border. And they're like, but I could get killed. And they're like, so now if they're saying they're going to kill drug traffickers, that means that people who are coming across the border are going to get they're killed. They're going to get shot because they're, but what if that's the thing is we don't know. What if that's a young person who's forced into doing it? It is. By a lot else. of the we young can't. kids, a lot of the young kids and um, women that are, you know, that have to do these, the jobs for the cartels are forced into it. It's they're not, forced it's, into it. they're yeah. not like, gee, I've always, wow, my whole life, I've always wanted to run drugs across the border for, you know, some of them. I, <laughs> maybe. But I mean, I, I, but the, the but, concept of this basically we're saying is, Let's just shoot. Uh, it's yeah. We could get rid of the opioids if we just killed the drug dealers. Yeah, war on drugs, part three. Right. Didn't work the first time. It work. Yeah. It, I'm not worried about this, honestly, 
because he's got too much shit going on for him to even try to do any policy on this and well he's got to do some he's like, not, he needs to have some policy on the opioid crisis but the problem is that because even, he's a republican he won't give money to rehab centers like what we could yeah. do is put money into the you know we in could, the safe injection sites into rehab centers into mm-hmm. how about not prescribing opioids for things yes, that don't need to have opioids prescribed for how about penalize those companies and doctors who over prescribe yeah. for these opioids yeah. oh my god so our buddy wow. we have a comedian buddy who recently had some surgery and i said to him hey watch out for those opioids and he said i didn't take he didn't take any of them he just took ibuprofen that's he was like, like, I don't want to get hooked on it. I'm just not going to take it. My friend it. who, uh, <laughs> he ended up having to get an MRI. He, he, something went wrong with his back. And the doctor asked him, did he want to any oxy? He's like, I don't want to get hooked on that. And the doctor's like, you know what? I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> so he gave him some other kind of, uh, like, uh, Tyler. I think it was Tylenol. Yeah, Tylenol yeah, 3 has a little yeah. bit of codeine in it. It's no big deal. Like, yeah. The thing is, you just need a... You need, what you don't you, what you yes. need less what you need less of is the opioid and what you need more of is the anti-inflammatory so if you could if you could just smoke pot and Duh. then use a topical use like a an anti a THCA balm on yourself for you know internal and external reduction of inflammation that's all you need pain is inflammation that's what it is and I can understand like if you're in the hospital and you had like some like really extreme surgery or what have you yeah. and you, you need like something like while you're in the hospital that is yeah you go you go bing and you press the little button right and they that way they you. can control they can yeah. control your intake or what have you right rather than like well here's a whole box of oxycontin for you to take home make sure, sure you use it pr- properly yeah come on because now. we know that we as americans we are gluttonous and we over imbibe that's the thing is media isn't bad but it's bad when it's everywhere all the time all consuming you know marijuana okay i do smoke it all the time so that's not fair uh <laughs> but there's if just a moderation people and and now and then once you can't tell it i've watched enough intervention <laughs> to know there's new seasons i oh my god i know <laughs> oh there's this new one okay it's so good it's, it's the heroin the heroin triangle i know it's north <coughs> it's in we, georgia northwest or northeast of atlanta right there's a triangle and marriottville you know what and i watch my kid i don't know what went what, what wrong and it's like well now they're on drugs and they don't give a fuck <laughs> They don't give a fuck. The one, the one girl and her boyfriend, and the guy was like, he was oh like, well, mom, man, 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 you're always bitching at me, and that just makes yes. me want to do more drugs. Exactly. You're bitching me. It just oh makes my god, me that one made me so like, mad. And the, the mom is just taking it. I'm just, just like, and he had the like, he had the girlfriend living there. Too. Girlfriend living there, and they're. She's I just like, expected you to clean the house. She's like all I asked you to do to live here was clean the clean house. house, and they're like, you bitching at me makes me want to do more drugs. You're fucking bitch yeah it was i, I was, wish i could come on mama fucking bitch. it was a beautiful house it was nice but all that yard people in their 20s need to pay their own motherfucking rent yeah <laughs> if you're gonna you're getting high again in my house what well, mom why don't you kick the motherfucker out oh and i like the first couple uh that had the kid but the mom was watching the kid but they went to rehab i think it was the second episode when they went to rehab i watched yeah. those and i loved it. actually this is this is funny i mean this is a personal story but those are some dusty be, ass white folks though damn ah uh, 
so I had I it was like being on an episode of Intervention, but. I mean, and maybe old Dumbface will call in one time and tell us the story from his own perspective. But uh, so I made a bad, de- I made a poor decision. I, I being Pam Benjamin, I feel like I have a lot of responsibility to a lot of people, and I try to always maintain my responsibilities. And sometimes I make the wrong choices in respecting those responsibilities. I was dog slash house sitting uh, a couple weekends ago. And a lovely, sweet dog. And I was staying there, and it was great. And I and I do it, and I love being there. Well, we had a, it was a Friday. We had a show here. It was Pamtastics. Jonathan and Steve. So Steve was staying here because he was going to stay with. He stayed with my cat while we were in Mexico, and he worked at Jonathan's job. Blah 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 blah. So they went to Bender's, and I was here. And then they came here, and they were pretty drunk. Well, Jonathan brought a bottle of whiskey, and I said, I don't want to drink because I'm trying to be a good example and we don't have alcohol here at Mutiny Radio and so I, as the leader, do not want to have that bottle of alcohol so he put it away. But he went off to skateboard hockey. Now, before he left, Steve Poggi said, oh, there's a bottle. So what I didn't know is that Steve had already had like three beers, two shots and a bottle of Taka Vodka. Oh, shit. Well, Jonathan gives him the bottle of whiskey and then leaves. Oh. He thought that he was going to give it to Alyssa to put in a flask somewhere. Anyways, so Jonathan should have... The bottle was my bottle. I should have put it away somewhere else and had it later or used it another time. But it ends up in Steve Poggi's hands. Oh, shit. He says to me the next morning, the last thing he remembers is talking to John Gallagher outside and then blackout. We can listen. We can listen to it. It's actually hilarious if we listen to the set. It's he's so drunk he has no memory of this whatsoever. So when he performed, he was super this. drunk. He was so drunk, right? So then, the show is over. I can't get him out from in front of here. He's being so loud and he's just screaming and being insane and falling over. And Alyssa Westerland's like, "I'll take care of him." I'm like, "You're never gonna get him back to Oakland. You're never gonna. It's never gonna work. I cannot let him go with you." And then Keith D is like, I got him. I've been in this state before. I'm fine. I got this. I know what this is about. And I'm like, uh, I can't uh, leave my friend with Keith D. He's going he's gonna to get, police are going to find him. He, this has happened before. He's woken up in the hospital with bills and being oh, maced. Yeah, yeah. And he's been mugged. Things happen to him when he gets this drunk. So I know he's this drunk. And That's I'm your, not, and he's my, he's my, I feel like this time he's my responsibility. Right. But I'm also dog sitting and I'm at this house. Oh, shit. And I'm like. Oh, fuck. I'm like, I've got to have the responsibility to the dog. So, but also this house is airbnb downstairs. Oh, shit. Okay, so I think, okay, I can't let him go to my house because he'll never make it on his own. I have to take him there, and I don't even know if I can take him there. Okay. And Jonathan didn't either. Jonathan, he had just come back from street hockey. And he, when he finally showed up, I'm like, thank God, two of us can handle this. <laughs> right. Oh, so shit. even getting him away, we're like, okay, we're going to get to Jonathan's car. Because that was like, okay, we're going to get Jonathan's car. And Alyssa and Keith, you're like, let's go to Bender's. And I'm like, I'd love to go to Bender's. I'd love to have a drink. Have but now I'm dealing with this drunk asshole. And I've got to deal with the situation. So I'm like, when do I get to have fun? When do I get to have fun? <laughs> I haven't had any fun. Everyone's having fun. Now I'm dealing with Intervention Boy. Who intervention keeps boy. falling down on the ground, running into things. He almost got in a fight with a homeless person. He like kicked what? a homeless guy on the ground. I know. Oh my He's like, damn. what do you want to talk about this? This is all on the street. So finally... This we is get whiskey. him right. So then we get him 
in the car. I have to put his seatbelt on. He keeps trying to take his seatbelt off. He keeps throwing things at Jonathan who's driving. I'm like, okay, I have to make a decision. I'm like, do we go back to my house and do I just say, fuck the dog? Or do I try to, do I take him back to the house? And I was like, okay, he's going to pass out. I'm going to take him back to the house because I can watch him because I didn't feel, I felt like if I, even if I would have taken him back to my house, I'd have to stay there. So I wouldn't get to go deal with the dog. dog. I just would have been like, okay, fuck the dog. And that's what I should have done. I should have said, fuck the dog. The dog is going to be fine. I'll just be there at nine in the morning. Yeah, Everything's going to be okay. I should have gone home. But instead, oh fuck, no. So we get in the car. We buckle Steve in. He takes his seatbelt off. We have to pull over again. I have to rebuckle him into the seatbelt. Okay. He's screaming, blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay, we get to the house. He's on the street. He starts running up the street. I'm like, Steve, God damn it, get your ass in here. So I bring him inside, and then he he's so loud. He ended up, he. so anyways, the, the downstairs Airbnb, like he peed all over some stuff, but I cleaned it all up. What? No, no, but that was downstairs. They didn't even know that. He peed in the bathroom, and he missed the toilet, so he peed everywhere, and I cleaned that up, but he was really loud. So it was like 11, from 11 to 12.30, we finally got him upstairs, and but he was still being, okay. So the Airbnb people called in and said that it was unsafe, and they were worried there was this incredibly drunk person upstairs, and because it was loud after, it was like 11.05 that he came in and was started being loud, and I was trying to keep him quiet. I trying and trying. Oh, no. And it was like, so I finally got him upstairs, but I guess they could, st- even though it was like three stories below, they could still hear him upstairs, and he was being just crazy, and, but I, I thought he was going to fall off the balcony. He was like completely unsafe. He needed like full on. He was complete blackout. He was totally belligerent and he needed like 24 hours. It was like total intervention without the cameras the whole time. So then in the morning I get a text from the people that are on vacation. They're like, we just got our first negative Airbnb review ever. We have to refund all their money. We have negative reviews. We have to do all this stuff. And they're on vacation. So their vacation is ruined because they have to deal with this stuff that I caused. But I was honestly, like, I was completely sober. I should have said, fuck the dog. But I was trying to be responsible for everything. Did you curse his ass out the next morning? No, I was just kind of like, I almost, I I didn't know what to do. I, I kind of looked because we were going to Mexico and he was going to take care of Spike. But then I was like, do I trust him to be here in my house? Like he can't drink. So I was like, oh, should I look into finding another cat sitter? I didn't know what to do. But I mean, I, I'm, I just was, you know, I haven't like yeah, yelled that, at him or anything, but, but I've just been your, really disappointed. So yeah, I lost, job. but I lost that job. I have to give him the key back. I didn't make that money for the weekend. I had to give him the money back. And I felt like I even owed him more money. I'm not giving him any more money, but I felt like I owed him even more money because they had to refund the whole Airbnb you, from the other you, person. You should curse his ass out. Well, I know. I just, I just, I was, I think that <laughs> just me just, being super disappointed was just even, it's like, I mean, I was really, that's really just disappointed like, and come upset. on. Now you're fucking with people's money. I know. I know. He fucked with people's money. And so I didn't get no, paid. No, not, not you. Oh, no, no. Other people. I know. So that's well, what I'm first, saying. Like, but three people's vacations were ruined. Like the lady downstairs with the child who had an unsafe Airbnb. Airbnb experience because there was a belligerent drunk guy upstairs. Steve. Yeah. But, and then the people whose house it was because I made the wrong choice, but that was still, it's not his responsibility that I made that wrong choice. I should have fucked the dog and brought him back to my house. But he shouldn't have got that belligerent. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, too. and then and it goes back to Jonathan. He shouldn't have gotten that extra bottle of whiskey. I mean, 
but it's I mean it's all of our fault. But there, but there's, but uh, no, I, I, I think this but is old dumb faces because he doesn't this know is, when to stop drinking and then well, let's listen to this. You guys will love this. You'll love this. It's a hilarious. Um, four up, uh, three down. Oops. Okay, so this is from March 9th. It's at the end. It was so crazy. Let's get to the last, to the end part. La, 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 la. Uh, play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is Brooke. Brooke was very funny. I, I went. I'm an, I'm an optimist. It was Valentine's Day. I am very painfully single. I used to have a boyfriend, but he... Okay, Brooke was, Brooke was very funny. This has got to be Steve, right? Could you, could you blow on some of these... Yeah, I mean, I, I wait. Let's go back. Let's go back, find out what? where it starts. Yeah, the set. Ooh. <laughs> okay, wait, uh, let's try here. Slay, daddy. <laughs> Something like it's it's kind of like when people explain to me the different breeds that are in there. Well, it will. Uh, this is like, Brooke oh, talking, and then we're gonna. So, so uh, let me set this you. up for you. Let me set this up for you. So, Steve, Steve <laughs> is here. He's back here. He's outside, and he's being loud outside. And I'm like, oh fuck! And we actually had an audience. We actually. This is the funny thing. We actually had like. We made like a hundred bucks that night. There were ten real people in the audience. People are laughing in the background. You can hear him. Brooke had a great set. I had a great set. I did ten minutes before Brooke, and that was great. So at least, yeah, at least they got me and Brooke. People, some people came late, so they got me and they got Brooke. Those were good. And then. I'm I was supposed to give Steve a bunch of time, but then, and he doesn't even remember going up on stage. So, this is all very oh, dumb crazy. Thank you for okay, letting me have this set, even though I walked in it literally last minute. Um, I will wrap it up. I feel like politics is going to be the end of us all, so politics will also these, be the end of my These set. are really good jokes, uh, Brooke has. Do you, my, my family's very conservative. My dad watches a lot of Fox and Friends. I know. He asked me if I wanted to watch it with him, and I was like, no, thank you. I already have a white